Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even if a woman went and shouted it from a rooftop, I have been a victim of domestic abuse, I need help getting lawyers, There's, it wouldn't even come close to the amount of money that was put into this. Hi everyone, how are you doing? I hope you're all enjoying your morning or afternoon. It's a seriously hot day on the 14th of August, um, but I'm joined here with my friend Maya. And I've been friends with Maya since I was 11. Yeah. I don't actually remember yeah. when we met. Do you remember the first It was year seven, I think. Yeah. Do you know what we were doing when we were in class? It was probably netball. That's so true, actually. I literally, I was trying to think about this in the way in the car. I don't remember being like, Hi, my mum, dear. <laughs> like, I don't remember that. No, I think it was that ball. I think you were, like, talking for something. And you were gosh, you Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't remember from there. Like, I remember you were friends. Like, you had your friends from your primary school. I actually had no friends. But, I Yeah. And, like, Ellie Overton. Oh, yeah. And, like, same psychology. Maybe. Psychology was until, like, year 10. Yeah, true. I don't really know. I think we just saw each other in the school field. Like, hi. <laughs> How you do? Yeah, I don't really know. And then, yeah, we were in safe psychology in, like, year 10 and 11, which is fun. I like yeah. that. We might sound like to each other, but, like, the communication was there. Sixth form psychology was... Oh, yeah. That's, that was the best. <laughs> we loved our teachers. Um, and so Maya is now studying sociology at Cardiff Uni. Um, would you like to tell us how that year has been? Um, yeah, it's been... I mean... Because I was in Wales, obviously Cardiff is in Wales. It's like COVID. It was still a yeah. bit more COVIDy. Um, <laughs> so like it was until after January, it really became like proper uni. Like mm. before that, it was all online, and then like one seminar like every now and again. Yeah. Um, so did you not have like a freshers week? We did. We did, but it was still like COVID passes. Right. I think that was normal though. But I think I just it was a lot tighter. Just okay. in terms of like mask wearing, 
and like how, how you can social yeah. yeah how many people are allowed like whereabouts um do you think that really did like affect your year in terms of like meeting new people and stuff a hundred percent like the only people I really met were people from my um seminar group I met a couple of people in my seminar groups um and then I met most of the people who I'm friends with now were from like the flat opposite mm-hmm. um like other than that there wasn't really like society events weren't massive see that's so bad because that's how people say you meet your friends like by the activities you join yeah um and then even our seminars were quite small. Um, I know they did split them a bit more. Like, we didn't have lectures at all. So, like, oh. it wasn't like you could ask a person next yeah. to you. Like, I just turned around in one of our, like, our first seminars. So, I walked with someone, like, I saw her on a group chat, and I didn't know where I was going. And you were just like, help me. <laughs> so, I texted her. I was like, oh, I saw you were in the same form as me. Like, do you want to walk mm. to the seminar together? And then we sat with someone else. Like, we sat with a few people on our table. And I just turned around at the end, I was like, does anyone want to go for lunch? Mm. And then one person turned around and was like, yeah, the person I walked with, that was Gina. And then one other girl turned around and was like, yeah, the other two, like, looked at me, they're like, you're weird. It sounds silly, but we had to put in so much more effort than normal. Like, everyone normally would be like, yeah, sure. But because everything was so strange that you had to put in so much more effort if you wanted to make friends, like, especially not on your course or anything like that. Yeah, and it was bizarre as well, like... I got sent out a seminar in, like, February, like, I walked in, I was late, and then I got sent back out to go get a mask, and, like, this was in, like, February, like, it wasn't, like, peak COVID times, got sent out to go get a mask, so I went and got a mask from, like, reception in the outside of the building, came back up. And I sit down, and everyone around me had, like, taken off their mask. Oh. And so I turned around, I was like, do we not need a mask now? And she was like, no, 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 like, you just need it when you're walking around. Baffling. So, like, as soon as I sat down, I could take it off. Oh. That literally makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. You just wasted some time there as well. You wasted some money. Yeah, just walked, it walked, it was so stupid. But, yeah, I think it definitely impacted, like, especially the first term, mm-hmm. like, most people know like literally January I was like nah guys I'm not going back like all my flatmates they were convinced they were never going to see me again mm. like like on the site quiz who's most likely to go back like man's going home <laughs> like I literally I just I was ill all the time like mm. you know people say like freshers flu I came to uni sick and then got freshers flu you had a constant cough, like, I met yeah. with you and you always had a cough. Literally chronic, like... And the doctors would just, like, the GPs would be like, yeah, it's fresh as flu. But you yeah. like, it's six months down <laughs> yeah. the line. Yeah, and, like, so I was just ill the whole time. Like, it wasn't enjoyable my first mm. time. I was ill. I was expected to be on, like, online Zoom calls yeah. for, like, lectures that were, like, two hours long. Mm. No one can concentrate for that long. Yeah, time. exactly. On Zoom. I just, like... Because you just Zoom. feel like you're just doing it on your own and no one else is paying attention. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, I just wasn't into it. I hadn't met a fat lot of people. But then, like, when I came back after January, I am glad I gave it another go. Yeah. Like, I was literally like, nah, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> the only reason I didn't was because I didn't want to tell my dad. Okay. So, like, I was like, oh, I don't really have a choice now. Yeah. We're going back. And, like, I hadn't found a job. Mm. So, so it was, like, February motivation, like, I, I just have to do this, so I need to make something you know, I was, like, offering myself into it. If I don't like it, then that's it. Yeah. But, like, I thought, I'll give it one more shot, because I knew as well I'd regret it if, yeah. like, I hadn't given enough shot. Mm. Um, so, we're in February now, you come back. Um, by this point, you know your flatmates quite well. Yeah. 
Um, and you did like most of them, didn't you? I didn't like my flatmates. Oh. Like, I had, like, really dirty flatmates. Really, really dirty. Um, I liked one of my flatmates, and then I made mainly friends with people opposite. So I didn't actually cook in our kitchen from, like, February until we were back. So you'd have to bring your pan, or would you just use that? Yeah, all my pans, all my stuff, all my ingredients. Like, I had a little food storage thing in my room and then like stuff in the fridge and freezer was basically across the hall so as far as your flatmates were concerned you slept there that was it <laughs> yeah yeah so was there like any allocation for that or were you literally put with random people i was just we were just put with random people like i spoke to one person before we moved in and i'm still like friends with her mm-hmm. she was fine but she was barely ever home because like she had a lot to do yeah she was quite popular like um but she was always out and about and then, like, my, I had three flatmates. One of them left. One of them barely came out of his room, but he was really, really gross. And then another one, again, was kind of gross, and I didn't get along with. Um, but the people across the hall were pretty, pretty good. Okay, so we obviously did psychology together, which was fun. Um, can you tell me how sociology compares? Like, I didn't do sociology A-level, but um, how have you found sociology, like, in general? to study so far so I did sociology at a level which is why I decided to do it at uni I just really enjoyed it I mean I quite I like learning about people yeah um but like in a societal context Mm -hmm. so where psychology you're just learning about the individual person I know at uni as well it's a lot of like how the brain functions Mm -hmm. and like it's very much about the individual um Whereas, I quite like how sociology, you can, like, see it in everyday life. You can read the news, and it's there, like, all my essays I've had to write, it's always, like, yeah, they probably give us the same questions every year, but, like, you can every essay it. is different, because it's whatever's happening at oh, that I current see. point in time. So it makes you, like, keep up to date with what's going yeah. on and everything. Yeah, and... Like, I feel like it's opened my eyes to quite a lot. It's mm-hmm. given me different perspectives of so much. Yeah. Like, things you wouldn't even think about. It's like, oh, that does make sense. Like, like it makes you question things. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, so I've... At uni, I can't say I've learned a that <laughs> lot from what our actual content is. Okay. But in terms of, like... What you've had to research. Yeah, yeah. and whatever in my essays on... And the people, it's, like, opened my eyes to perspectives I've heard. Yeah. Like, has it has given me a lot of insight that I don't think I previously had. Yeah. Um, That's really important. Could you talk me through that group project you had? I know that was really relevant to the news. Yeah, so we did domestic violence as one of our... So for one of our modules, it was basically all group assessed, which <laughs> isn't great, but, like... We chose domestic violence, um, so the people in my group, I think one of them volunteered at a domestic abuse charity or something, so that's why that was picked. Okay. Um, and it was really interesting. It wasn't a topic I necessarily went in passionate about, like, when people say to us, like... Which topic do you yeah, want to go Yeah, which topics, like, I usually say um, inequality, yeah. race relations, like politics type stuff okay um domestic violence wasn't what I was 
necessarily geared towards, but, like, I wouldn't have picked it. Yeah. Um, but it was really interesting, and especially at the time. So when it was picked was when the Mason Greenwood recordings came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and straight off the bat, that created conflict in our group, because... <laughs> so we talked about it, and we had a bit... When they started doing PowerPoint, they wrote a bit about it. Um, and there was the issue of nobody knew her name. So, like, Mason Greenwood. Yeah. Nobody knew her name. There wasn't any, um, like, actual news reporting on it because it was an ongoing case. So from the day the tapes were released, the news got hold of it, there was news everywhere. And then from that week, it went to court. So all those reportings got basically deleted. Um, Not the recordings, the reports basically got deleted. Um, so there wasn't a fat lot for us to go off, except for what we had heard straight off the bat. Um, so the headlines, it was all just, like, Mason Greenwood, because he was a yeah, on trial. Like, nothing about her as a victim. Yeah. And there was also the issue of how much of this can we apply to everyday life. Um, so her story was pretty awful, because... You know, her dad came out and said, like, I'm not in support of her, like, all this. Um, that was, as a new dad, I mentioned to it. Yeah, there was so much of it. But then also the fact that it was people who were in the public eye. She had a following. Um, she was well off herself. There was a lot of things where we, me and members in our group, clashed. Mm. Because there was a few of us who were like... I don't know if we can put this in because when you're talking about domestic violence victims, you're often not talking about people with money. You're often not talking about people who have access to the media, who have access to lawyers, you know what I mean? This is an individual case. Yeah, and it's something like 3% of rape um, accusations prosecuted. Like, it's a really, really tiny number. Whereas Whereas because she was in the public eye, it went to court, it went to, you know, she had lawyers, she had people at her disposal, there was people who were all all over media, you know, Twitter, threads, um, all these people coming out in support of her, whereas a lot of the time... um, People don't have that. Yeah, you're isolated, like... No one's listening to you. (laughs) Yeah, whereas because she was in public eye, yeah, there was those people who were like, ah... be such a good footballer like all this he's gone twice all this there was also those people who did like people did support her and now you know he was immediately cut from his ads and like people you know people don't support him anymore yeah whereas usually you know stuff like that comes out and they're still like oh but it's a he said she said situation yeah it's a situation where it's oh but I'm good friends with him oh he's a nice boy though oh he wouldn't do that you know what I mean so it's not you know prosecuted the right way yeah and it's not a real life situation real life yeah. in quotation marks um, because of how much money and attention was mm-hmm. to it um, also the Johnny Depp case came yeah. out around the same time um, so a massive that was a really big point of conflict yeah. because Half our group were like, 
supporting Johnny Depp. I yeah, imagine. and they were like, men are victims too. And then half of our group were like, well, we don't know what happened. We, like, you can't say he's a victim when we don't know the full story. We don't, yes. like, he has been prosecuted before. Um, he was prosecuted in England. Right. Um, before it went to the United States court. Um, he was found guilty, like, you know, he has got allegations against him. And, again, he said, he said, she said, but loads of attention, like, there was loads of media attention, and people want to believe. And in, in this situation, people want to say, yeah, this goes to show men can be victims too. But in reality, when you speak to how much this affected people who were victims of domestic abuse it was an awful case it was absolutely awful because it showed so many victims that were no being matter, unheard yeah and it was like no matter what you will be disbelieved like it was a typical case a lot of men can turn around you know they can beat their wife and they can turn around and go oh but she hit me you know what I mean like doesn't make it you know Whatever, whatever happened, happened. But similar thing happened with Caroline Flack. People wouldn't believe that she was, you know, she was crazy, that she hurt him, you know. It was leaked she, that... We lost there was, Yeah, there was, it was leaked that there was blood in the apartment and everyone immediately assumed it was his blood, she hurt him, all this. Turned out it was her own blood. You know what I mean? Like... People want to jump so fast to Conclusions. men can be victims mm. because everybody always goes, they always say, like, you know, when we talk about domestic abuse, we always talk about women. And the fact of the matter is, it is a women's issue. It is, it most of the time affects women. I'm not saying men can't be victims of domestic abuse, but a lot of the time it affects women. And that's because of things like, you know, low income. Men, usually are the main breadwinners, whether we like to believe it or not, men will get paid more, no matter what. Um, they usually are the main household earner. And so, they're in the position of power. Yeah, so they're in control of finances. There's obviously strength. Um, Just Men are stronger. Strength. Yeah, like, there's so many things um, that make women more likely to become to fall victim of domestic abuse. And that, in our group, was a massive point of conflict because we were like, again, it's a case in media. How much can you use that as a real-life yeah. example? Because billions and billions of pounds were poured into this case. And The thing <laughs> is, that's what you were saying about how, because of all of that money into it, it made it accessible to read yeah. about and learn about, I'm sure from the one's perspective of it, but... You couldn't really take an average, normal case of this because it just doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen in the day-to-day. Even if a woman went and shouted it from a rooftop, I have been a victim of domestic abuse, I need help getting lawyers, There's, it wouldn't even come close to the amount of money that was put into this. Um, so and doing this group project came at a good time in terms of what was going on worldwide. Yeah, and 100%, and I think it gave... It created a lot of dialogue, like, a lot of conversations I don't think I would have had otherwise. I mean, yeah, 
we spoke about it, like I spoke about it with a lot of my friends because it was all over TikTok. Like yeah. everybody heard the audios, everybody saw the TikTok videos. Everyone was so yeah. invested in the Johnny Depp case. Yeah. It was a daily news channel. Yeah, like it was, everybody talked about it. But it gave a, because you have to do it kind of academically. Yeah. It gave a new perspective of to why this is harmful. Like I would have been watching it. I mean, straight from the get-go, I was kind of unsure about it. I was a bit like, wow. Johnny Depp, he has been prosecuted before. I did know he did have a case here where he was found guilty. So I was kind of like on, you know, a bit in the middle round. Yeah. But I think the conversations that like we had around how it affected domestic abuse victims, how domestic abuse charities looked at it, and a lot of people did, like a lot of the things we found were that it was damaging. It was damaging to victims of domestic abuse because it just showed them how vile other people can be, like the stuff that was being said about Amber Heard, the stuff that was being said about Johnny Depp, like, I mean, mainly Amber Heard, but like, it it kept a lot of people quiet, like a lot of people thought, you know, these are lies that can be made, it gave people ideas, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, overall it was a damaging case, and in the end nobody won. It showed how much media plays a role in like, like this was a worldwide affair, like everybody was interested. Johnny Depp has now been getting his movies again, but... He is still, again, he's he's not not guilty. He just wasn't found guilty. It was kind of... He won his case. He won more, but she also won. Like, neither of them won, you know what I mean? It doesn't take away from the fact that there was conflict. Exactly, they were both... I mean, I, he beat her, she beat, beat him, um, from what we know. And... But because of how much media had a part to play, Johnny has now got his cases back. Like, he's now got all his, you know, movies back up. But he wasn't found not guilty of not hitting her. So it's, it showed how much the media controlled about what's socially acceptable. Like, depending what on what okay. the audience reacted. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That was a really important time for this to happen. Yeah. And it, I think... A lot of stuff we learned was really, really important. Like, there was so much I heard, and I was like, oh, that's shocking. Like, just even the amount, the amount of calls the police get, like, I can't remember the exact figures, but how the reporting of it has changed, the new laws that they're trying to do to combat it. So, in England, Wales, and Scotland, it is actually recognised as a crime against women, domestic abuse. Um, there is violence against women is it's put under that there's violence against women domestic abuse um, whilst victims can be men it is recognized nationally on a um, oh, just go. on a like in terms of government oh, right, okay. they um, recognize it as like violence against women yeah in legislation and I think that was a really important like whilst we do all think, you know, men can be victims too, everybody knows that. But it goes to show that how much it disproportionately affects women mm. because for the government to recognise, you know, yeah, this is something that Definitely. happens disproportionately to women, how can we combat it? Um, and the power of platforms like, for example, you said TikTok, yeah. um, and having people just have 
display their opinion on yeah. one video. And, and even the stuff people can learn, like at the moment, um, Claire's Law, I think it's called, and it's basically, if you're a partner, you can look up their criminal records, you can get in touch with the police, and you have access to their criminal record. If um, this specific person has had a history of violent, violent crime, violence against women, police will come to your door and come tell you, and make you aware, just to say, just so you're aware, I don't know if you know. I don't know but yeah, it's and it, it it's a positive, it's pushing in the right direction. But it's how much is being done. So across the past few years recorded reportings have gone up. Mm-hmm. Everybody said about lockdown and in drama football. Yes, yeah. and the increase in all the domestic violence. Now. Yeah. And the calls to police. In terms of lockdown, yes calls went up because obviously you're locked in a home with people but it was really interesting to hear about how it could also be because of how reporting changed so um the year before that, i think it was 2019 every single time the police got a call about something that was domestic abuse related they had to report but they had to write it down as a domestic abuse rather than just like a you know an argument yes. or something like that it actually had to be clocked down so stuff like that had changed which can explain some of the numbers um that was only 2019 yeah and so it does explain why things have gone up but in terms of how much is being done in terms of prosecution and whether it's changing attitudes of men and why it is going up we don't know yeah. like there was a lot of things of explaining the numbers but there wasn't a fat lot on why it happens why mm-hmm. is it that so there's still a long way to go in terms yeah. of researching why is this still happening yeah and why it's increasing yeah um and it's not spoken about enough yeah i mean i know there was i read briefly about how um people put it down to porn they say because you know it's something that's readily available um not to say women don't watch porn, but men watch porn more. <laughs> okay. It can explain some of why, you know, women might be viewed as more objectified. Yeah. Because um, the porn industry is growing. Um, and there was loads of really interesting things, but there was no solid answers mm-hmm. except for patriarchy and misogyny. Like, yeah. Because um, until you find the root of it, you can't possibly combat or tackle it yeah like even if we turn around and we said equal pay everyone gets equal pay like men and women and paid the same in any workplace it still would be disproportionate to women so that's only one explanation so there was a lot I think there's a lot more that needs to go into of how we can change the attitudes of men how we can educate our like young boys young women so you think it comes back to them the education system yeah primary school yeah um I think it's attitudes I think it's what people learn in the home I think it's what people learn in the media like it is everywhere it's societal values isn't it um and it's what we deem acceptable um media plays a huge part there's so much more that media organizations can do we were talking about this earlier yeah (laughs) um Andrew Tate we were talking about briefly like why is it that he is still being given a platform? This mm-hmm. is a man who pries on young men, who pries on people who aren't 
who are lonely, who aren't. Yeah, and he makes women things that can be hated as a group. Like it's it's radicalization. That's what he prides on. But he he's still being provided a platform. There's so, so many men, accessible. and there's so many men who hear what he says and think, yeah, that's right. It's the same way like Donald Trump when he said certain things, it was put out. And crimes increased the same way Boris Johnson, when Boris Johnson said the comment about let Muslim women looking like letterboxes, crimes increased, like we see it. Why is it that whilst we can't... Um, stop freedom of speech. Because yeah, we can't stop freedom right. of speech and we can't stop certain people having access to, like, media. Why is it that... Like, why, where are these attitudes coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, why are they still yeah. giving, give, being allowed to be happy? Why is it still deemed as okay? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I don't know where it has to change. I don't know if school is the right place. I mean, we're making a massive... I think there has been a big move towards schools being recognised as the child's second home because obviously we're there five days a week mm-hmm. for, what, seven hours a day? Yeah, it's a long time. Um, so I think... Yeah, there's a big push, but it's how much can they teach? You know what I mean? How much are kids picking up from home? How many? How much are kids picking up? You know, from our families, yeah. from our friends, from older generations. Yeah. The only thing you can do then is make sure that when they come to school, that it is talked about. Yeah. So they can see a different opinion. Basically. Yeah. Um, it's a hundred percent opening dialogue. I think, like even when I did sociology at A level. There was things you learnt about people, like that you otherwise you wouldn't you wouldn't think put them down as somebody who would say something like that, yeah. like say stuff like, "Oh, women, women should be at home with baby." You know what I mean? There's people who you wouldn't know had those opinions. So I think those dialogues are really important, and maybe like get it, like question people a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people shy away from sharing their opinion and yeah. having a dialogue. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe more of an open sort of student-teacher relationship in terms of like they're given children are given more of a space to speak as well. Yeah. So it's all right the teachers are there like lecturing them and stuff, but if they're not given the chance to speak about it, yeah, then it's not really going to change their opinion, attitude, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, thank you for sharing with us about that. It's really interesting. I didn't know about that. I didn't know about um, that law. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about today was the conference that you went to about, I want to say, a month ago? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was um, about a month ago. Could you tell us what that was called? So it was a Hope Hack. It's a um, conference, basically. It invites, I think it was 16 to 24-year-olds. Um, and there's panels, there's guest speakers, um, people from police, there's all these different kinds of people there and it's basically to try and come up with solutions to help prevent violence. Mm-hmm. Um, so really important. It's run, there was, I think it's run by NCS, I know that's Violent Reduction Par- Partnership, um, police, I'm not sure who else, I think lots of youth organisations. So I went as part of a youth group um, and the conversations that they were like it was so interesting. There was so many different speakers 
talking about loads of different things. Um, so what time did the, the conference start on the day? So it was 9am till I think 4, like okay. it was all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started with, there was people introducing it, so they were both from, one was a policy officer for the Midlands and somebody else. She was a, I think she was an equalities policy officer and then there was someone else who was the youth representative for the West Midlands Police. So basically just somebody they hear how to have a youth perspective um, on their team and how they can like mm-hmm. help, you know, better their relationship with young people. Um, and then there was there was a speaker who was kind of like a rapper who raps about different issues. Um, um, Quite a mix of them and different speakers. Yeah, there was somebody else there who did training she did oh, I can't remember the name of it and this was both throughout the day yeah so this was in the morning it was mainly speakers um so there was one there she did speaking about how she basically just talked about her story um what happened to her when she was young and how that affected her in later life um and how she felt there should be more opportunities for young people to turn, turn things around and how things should have been spotted, what was missed for her, and what she wants to see. Um, Sounds like a really important one. Yeah, that was really, really good. Um, And then we were split into groups to talk about loads of different issues. Um, So there was education, there was um, community safety, police. Um, There was nine groups, I want to say, um, across all all sectors um and I was in the group for community safety and basically our discussion centered around how people can feel safer and safer in their community right um so whilst you can say you know less crime it's like what is driving the crime why is why is there why do people feel unsafe in certain areas? So, because ours was the West Midlands one, we had people from Nottingham, we had people from Coventry, mm-hmm. Birmingham, like all all the different areas across the Midlands. And it was really interesting to hear different people's stories. So, was um, there a mix of genders here and ages between 16 and 24? Yeah, and older. So, there was people there who were part of the running organisation. Okay. So, like, the people who, so I came with the youth group, so like the youth leaders were there, you know, different people were there, lots of people sharing their opinion, um, social workers, all sorts, teachers. Um, and our conversation, it went a bit off track, but they were all really important discussions. Um, so there was people there who talked about how when they were young, they'd be stopped and searched. And there was there would be nothing found and now when they're older there was certain police who would stop them all the time now when they're older and they go back into those areas they see the same police they're still stopped and searched wow. even though they're doing good things for the community just because police don't know them they just know them as that face that they used to stop and search um so that was something that made them That's feel awful. unsafe mm. so whilst you know we can say what would make people feel safer more police on the road it doesn't you know, it depends what group you're a part of, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, like psychology, it's in groups, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was really interesting. And we talked about how, like, there was the statistics that said young people, 
are more likely to say they want less police, see less police in their community, whereas older people are more likely to see, say they want to see more police wow. on foot walking around. It's really and, generational. Yeah, and we talked about how that's probably because older people aren't seen in the site as suspect. If you're pulled over in the car, he's more likely to be arrested. Definitely young An elderly woman <laughs> or a young person, you know what I mean? Somebody's walking along the road who's more likely to be stopped and searched. It's not going to be that random old man. When really, who's going to do more damage? Is it going to be a 12-year-old with a knife or a 55-year-old with a knife? Like, it is those differences in opinions. And the groups don't tend to cross over. They don't tend to talk. So it was really interesting to hear those rates. There was a lot about how um, out of all the people who were stopped and searched, it is majority, major, the majority is, I don't know, is black boys. Um, and that raises the question as to why. Is it because they're committing more crime? Or is it because it's a reason we might have more crime statistics for that group is it because they're more likely to be stopped and searched you know which one came first um and arguably it is probably because they are being stopped more um and then they talk about how we talked about how you know they always say well if you don't give the police a reason to arrest you they won't arrest you when you go up to you know 12 13 14 year old boy and you're a man in uniform who you've been told probably by a lot of people in your life, you know, these are people you should be scared of. And they start, you know, confronting you. They're acting, however, it will be for somebody who doesn't, you know, it's never happened before. I don't know what I would do if I was stopped by police, you know. You'd be terrified. (laughs) Yeah, you would be scared. So it just depends on what your reaction is naturally. Um, That's sadistic in terms of the young black boys being stopped, is that just West Midlands? No, across England. Um, And it is, there was really shocking ones. There was ones that were like best under 18s. It was really shocking ones about how like children are stopped, like literally children. Um, They were under 10s? (laughs) No, like under 18. But there was one, you know, child Q, was that her name? The one who was strip searched in school? In London, um, there was a young black girl who was strip searched in a school setting. They called police saying that they could smell marijuana, uh, and then strip searched her, removed her pad, everything. On site in school. In school, uh-huh. um, no parents there. The parents weren't called, um, and it's created all sorts of you know questions as to why was that allowed to happen? Where was the safeguarding lead? Where was the you know? Where were so many people? Why did so many people allow like this to happen? Yeah. Why did the police even bother coming in? You know what I mean? As a teacher has definitely said. Yeah, it's a young girl. You know what I mean? What what could they what could she have done, like, to warrant being strip searched? And um it came out that well you know, she had marijuana. Yeah. You know, where did she get that from? Yeah. Did she just make it? It shouldn't be a question of, oh, you're about to be arrested. It should be a question of, you know... Let's protect your safety. Yeah. What What's happening? You know, where is this from? And it was the fact that it was passed through so many people allowed this to happen. And yeah, um, like, why is it happening? And there was those statistics that came out following that. Um, about the Met Police and you know there always is stuff coming out about the Met Police but about 
how they've strip searched kids. So um, over a two year period that says here, 650 children were strip searched in 23 cases, 23% of the cases, an appropriate adult wasn't present during the search, which is a requirement. Definitely. <laughs> because they're safeguarding. Yeah, exactly. Like, And it's, yeah, it raised so many questions. 58% were black. And there is a question of like, how much, why did these children need to be strip searched? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How can you justify that? Um, almost all of them were boys. Um, there was just so many things like, what, what is a met, like, what is an officer doing? In what situation would you, like, you personally, even if you were a woman in uniform, you know what yeah. I mean, would you strip search a child? Because no. I don't know, like, what kind of people are going into the police force? They're not what, a threat. Yeah, what mentality is allowing this to happen? Um, and we did have weird conversations surrounding all of these things. We talked about how... In the education sector, there is only one person who needs to be like pastoral lead. Um, so, like, why is that the case? Because what usually happens is pastoral lead is also head of behaviour. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go to someone and say X, Y, Z is happening at home when they've just told you off for having the wrong shoes that morning. That's you know so what I mean? True. You're not going to trust them. Um, so we had all these conversations, and it was basically to help them get a perspective. People running the um, conference a perspective a youth perspective on this policy initiative they're trying to present to government i think next year um through going to the conference um it's really helped sort of try and shape the way that this policy is going to be coming into place is it next year you said yeah well it's being presented next year i think they're putting it together so there's all these they're called hope hacks across the country there are all these conferences across the different regions of the uk um Would you recommend other young people to volunteer and get involved? Yeah, 100%. If they see it or if they can get involved, if they, you know, they have a youth group they can go with or somebody invites them, I 100% would say would go. I think it's really important to see these conversations. There's a lot of things as well that we hear about on the news and you think, well, how much does that happen here? Like, we saw it with the Black Lives Matter movement. Like, how much does police brutality happen here? And, like... It, it all came out, you know what yeah, I mean? No, important to bring it home and yeah. give it some context. Yeah, and hear about how... It is happening around us. Yeah, yeah, and who it's happening to. Mm. And hearing real-life stories, real-life perspectives of how they could have been helped when, like, they were younger. Like, yeah. Because most of the people there were, you know, now they've left school. There was a lot of, you know anger at how things had been neglected when they were growing up, what was missed, how it was missed, um, and, just and how they were treated, yeah. Um, and I think without having stuff like that, how can we expect things to change? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think, yeah, it was definitely, it was well, really, well, really well, worth it. Because the education that you're not getting in school, with, yeah. you know, speakers coming in and relaying their experience, um, and it's really important to yeah, it's really generally affected people. Yeah, like when we were in school, I remember we had police officer come in um, during a sociology lesson, and he came in. He answered a few questions. It was mostly on, you know, um, sending nudes. <laughs> like, yeah, there wasn't that he didn't say a fat lot, 
but you don't get to hear the other side, you don't get to hear why people don't like the police, um, why, you know... The victim was. Yeah, you don't get to hear from, you know, good officers, you don't get to hear... Like, there was a lot of... There's a lot of things we missed in school that I think is life experience that you have to gauge. Yeah. Um, but you won't get that unless you take up opportunities, which is part of the reason I end up going. Because it was kind of like, oh, I don't really want to go. It's all day. or be listening to things all yeah. day. Um, I don't maybe, know many people there. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I am really glad I went. It definitely helped me grow as a person. Yeah, that's really amazing. And without talking to you, I wouldn't even know that it was a thing because I don't, I've not seen it. <laughs> yeah. Means, yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. So thank you so much for talking with me today, Maya. It's been really enlightening. And you've highlighted, highlighted some important issues that people like should know about that don't necessarily do a sociology degree you know yeah it should be more public knowledge than just people who researched it as part of their degree yeah so thank you for sharing that with us and hopefully speak to you soon okay thank you for having me bye bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.